Hey everybody, welcome back to the Reclamation Podcast, where our goal is to help you reclaim good practices for following Jesus. If we haven't met yet, my name is Tony and I am your host. With over a decade in the local church, I care passionately about helping you connect deeper to following Jesus. We love to sit down every week in conversation and monologue form and help you grow in your faith through intentional practices. And I love the intentional practice that I have to share with you today. Her name is Sofa Rush, and she's got a brand new resource out, Living Deeply Rooted, 100 days of it, as a matter of fact. Sofa is a speaker and author, and she's an incredible storyteller that wants you to hear about what it means to move closer to Jesus. We talk about her story, we talk about writing, we talk about so many different things that I know you're going to enjoy. Hey, do me a favor, make sure you don't miss any future episodes by hitting that subscribe button wherever you listen to podcasts. Also, if you enjoy this episode, leave a rating or review. It goes a long way to tell the story about what God is doing on this platform. And finally, the highest compliment you can give us, like the one thing that you can do for us, if this episode is helpful, share it with a friend. Sharing the podcast is the most effective way to tell people about what God is doing here on the Reclamation Podcast. Now, without any further ado, here's my conversation with Sofa Rush. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the podcast. I'm excited today to be here with author, speaker, and theologian, Sofa Rush. Sofa, thank you so much for being here today. Thank you so much for having me. It has been a pleasure already and such an honor to be on this amazing platform that you have created for your followers, your listeners. So thank you. Well, I always love to kind of start from a macro perspective. And one of the questions I love to ask people um, is, is how would you describe the call that God has placed on your life? You obviously have done a lot of things. You're a writer and you've got quite the platform um, and you own your own business and all the different kind of ministries that you do. How would you articulate what God, the calling God has put on your life? How do you even break that down? Um, I would say that God has called me just to be a light. Um, Mm. And I don't really know how to articulate it like that. But in a sense, like, I didn't have a lot growing up when it came to um, guidance or people pouring into me and having that influence. And so for me, I wanted to be able, or God really called me to be a light for those who didn't know how to connect with God, but also just to be there um, and offer um, encouragement and inspiration and just to learn how to uplift. And so that's, that sums it up mostly. It's like how, um, I am where I am. It's just like the calling over my life is just to be obedient, to be a light. Hmm. And one of the ways that you do that is through writing. Mm-hmm. Um, and you write quite a bit and you've got a, a brand new resource out that we're going to dump into, jump into a, here in just a second. H- how did you know that you were a good writer? Because uh, I, I think there's <laughs> probably a lot of people listening who have gifts that God has given them, mm-hmm. but yet they don't see them as a gift, but rather like, oh, it's just something I do or, yeah. you know, so if, if you're talking to that young man or young woman who's out there and maybe they're doing something and, and maybe God wants to, to do more with it, how, how did you come to that realization? You know, I was just in that that those shoes as well like feeling like oh it's just writing and I would write and write 
And I, there was times where I felt like nobody was listening to me, but I still felt so led to write. I've always had a desire to write. I didn't really know I was a good writer until I kept writing and then people, people started coming and people starting to connect and find it relatable and say, oh, me too. Like, I've been through that. Mm-hmm. I, I know what that feels like. And so that's how I knew I was a good writer. It was when um, people would start to tell me um, and also uh, just the following just came with it of like, thank you so much that this really came at the perfect timing or, or like I could really connect with this. And so that's really how I just started writing and continued to start writing. Um, yeah. No, I think that's a great answer, right? Look, look for the fruit of the ministry, right? When, yeah. when God kind of opens people's eyes up to what you're doing, then all of a sudden there's an opportunity to do mm-hmm. something different. Now, over the years, you've written in various forms, um, you, blogs, which I, I don't know if they're coming back or if I'm just seeing more of them, or, <laughs> but w- tell me about kind of that journey for you. Yeah. So I started blogging. I actually started blogging in college. Like I said, I didn't really have any mentors or anybody kind of leading me, but I also just wanted a space, a safe space for people to come and feel like they weren't alone. And also it was kind of birthed out of my pain. I was going through a heartbreak actually. It's so crazy because I'm like the heartbreak really made me like birth something in me to like walk in my purpose. But I started mm. writing because I was going through a lot of pain and all my friends were so tired of me talking about it. So I was like, let me just start writing about it. Cause I know I'm not the only one who's had their heart broken or felt some, some type of way. And so I just started blogging about it. And like I said, nobody was really reading or commenting. I, I just felt like I was just talking to a brick wall, but I just never gave up. I just kept writing and sharing my heart. It was, um, very healing for me to get that out there. And um, I'm so glad I never gave up on it. I just kept kept um, writing. But that's kind of how my blog started. It kind of was birthed out of my pain and kind of just like shifted into my purpose. Um, and so, yeah, so started in college and I do feel like blogging is going to start coming back. If not, I'm going to make it. I'm going to be that one person <laughs> who brings it back because I really, truly enjoy writing. And I know with, with um, yeah. social media now, everything's so fast paced that you can't even keep up. And people don't even like reading long paragraphs anymore. But I'm like, that's what I love to do. I'm a storyteller. And, but I'm going to bring it back. I know I will. <laughs> I, you know, so I just started a Substack page mm-hmm. because I'm trying to find that right space or venue you do a lot of writing on Instagram, um, and you've built quite the community there. Mm-hmm. As you think back to that journey, kind of what what um, what are some of the things you noticed about building community on social media uh, as it pertains to your writing and, and your intentionality there as well? Of course. I think the biggest thing I've learned um, was just making sure that you don't compromise you know, Mm -hmm. who you are and where you're going Um, and keeping your eyes fixed on Jesus. Because I feel like with social media, you can get so caught up in like trying to be a part of the trend or you're like trying, you know, what can do so well and what can make you go viral. And then you kind of like lose yourself in that. And um, I've seen a lot of people do that. I know a lot of of people who have done that and it is very sad. But for me, I've just kind of like kept my eyes fixed on Jesus and just And I had moments where people would say like, oh, you'll never really get to work with brands because all you do is talk about Jesus. Or people would be like, oh, you're, you know, you're always talking about Jesus. Anything else you love? And I'm like, yeah, I love my family. I love my husband. I love Jesus. And my, you know, like that's just, it's 
I always say it's kind of like someone who has a love for for like cats. You know, if you love your cats, you're gonna post about your cats. There's so many cat pages, there's so many animal pages because that's what people love. I'm passionate about Jesus, so my page is solely my family in in Jesus, and I'm never gonna stop talking about Jesus, whether I get campaigns or not. The brands are not going to keep me from sharing what God is doing in my life, and so I never compromise that. I just I've always. Even when I, you know, work with brands, I've, some of them allow me to talk about Jesus while I'm talking, you know, sharing their brand um, and their companies. And uh, it's just been really cool. Like, it never really stopped, even though people tried mm-hmm. to make me feel like um, I was not going to be able to um, monetize my, my platforms because of Jesus. And Jesus has exceeded my expectations. Um, but, yeah, that's one thing that I've noticed most with social media um, was that the question? <laughs> yeah, and and also um, uh, to to drill down a little bit further, what's it been like building a community over there? Because it it does seem like mm-hmm. um, it's more. It, it's not very often where I run across an Instagram page that also feels like a community, mm-hmm. and somehow you've managed to kind of like um, bridge that gap. It's, it's you're not you're not just posting; you're really communing with. Yeah, I try my best to put myself um, as like someone who's looking in because I've always I've always had a desire that like when people come to my page, I want them to feel God's presence and I want Mm -hmm. them to feel like a warmth. I want them to feel so welcomed and so loved and like I want them to feel like that they can really just be vulnerable, like open up and be vulnerable. And so I've always had that mindset when I've, when I was building my brand, like I, I just want people to connect. I want people to feel seen, loved. I want them to feel like me too. Like we're in this together. We are on this journey together. Like life is hard. Marriage is hard. Being a mom is hard. Being a friend is hard. Building community, community is hard, but like we get Mm -hmm. to do it together. And so that's one thing that, um, that has kind of kept me grounded when it comes to building a, an a online community is, is making sure that I'm being relatable, making sure that I'm staying true to myself and not compromising myself, um, and also just letting people see God shine through everything that I do, not just when I'm celebrating the wins and the victories, but also like even when I'm going through the struggles and the valley moments in my life. And I think that's why people are so drawn to me is that I can do both and it's okay to do both. But um, yeah, so I hope that makes no, sense. <laughs> no, perfect sense. Okay. It does. It does. Uh, and one of, the, one of the early themes that I hear is I, I hear you chat more and more about kind of your life and your rhythm is this idea about your eyes being fixed on Jesus. Mm-hmm. Um, there, there's somebody out here who's listening right now who I know is like, man, I, I want that in my life. And so if, if you were going to talk us through kind of your daily, weekly kind of rhythms for staying fixed mm-hmm. on Jesus, what, what, are the, what are the details behind that? Of course. And <clears throat> I like to tell people that for one, you have to be gracious with yourself because there will be seasons that will be where you're on fire for the Lord and you have all the time to spend. 
in your quiet space, having your, you know, one-on-one devotional time. And there will be seasons, you know, you're a parent yourself, you understand. There will be seasons yeah. where you, you won't have as much time because you have kids running around, soccer team, you know, like you're off doing things for the school. And I mean, my kids are really young, but it's just like they require so much from you. And so your time is very, is, is limited. And so for, for those who are walking through that season, just be gracious for yourself. And then, um, Another thing is like if you are in a season where it's just you, you know, you're by yourself, it's just also be gracious because it, life is hard enough. <laughs> life is it has its moments, but for anyone who's wanting to to keep your eyes fixed on Jesus, it's just making sure that you can be intentional. I think that's the number one thing is the intentionality. Even if it's 5 minutes of your day, 10 minutes of your day spending time with the Lord. And I always tell people too like Spending time with God doesn't necessarily mean you have to be in a like alone with him. Like God God is everywhere. God is in everything. God is God breathes in everything around us. Even when you're washing dishes, even when you're doing laundry, even when you're driving to work, even while you're at work, there's always ministry. There's always there's always God trying to speak to us. And I think sometimes it's that perfectionism, like, oh, we need to do our devotional in the morning. We have to do this, 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 in order for God to hear us, in order for us to truly connect with God. But that's not true. I feel like with me, I personally connect better with God outside. I'm an outdoors. I love the outdoors. I love nature because that's when I feel like God really just like grabs me and just really can speak life into me. And so for anyone who's feeling like, you know, that you are wanting to draw closer to God, it's just Find that time of being intentional. Even if you say small little prayers and just have little conversations with God throughout the day, I think that's how I say um, keeping my eyes fixed on Him. It's just little mm. conversations here or just having my worship going like while I'm working, whatever. It's, it's in the mundane things. I feel like people forget that it's just the everyday things that we do in life that can, can keep us grounded and rooted in who God is because God created everything. So God is in everything and God is in us like he dwells in us. And so just to remember that as you're walking through whatever season you're in is like God dwells in us. And whether we've drifted far from him or we feel so connected to him is that he's always near and he's always present in in everything. It's such a great segue into your um, the work that you do the most of the time, which is the, Mm -hmm. the live deeply rooted kind of. Um, brand, when did you first get the idea or when did first God really like, uh, put his hand on you and say, Hey, I want you to go and do that. Or how how did the form, what's the Genesis story here? Yeah. So I, I was one year, I don't even think I was one year, um, in my marriage and, um, my husband and I both were working for a ministry and I ended up getting let go from that ministry. And it was, it was so hard. It was in really a dark season of my life. Um, I ended up working third shifts. And so I barely got to mm-hmm. see my husband. And we were living paycheck to paycheck. It was, it was very, very, very difficult for me. And that's when I started to really pour into um, being intentional with my prayers and even just like sharing those blogs. that You know, I was telling you about the letters that I was writing to those women. Those letters that I was writing to women were the things that I was going through in those moments. So... Me feeling overwhelmed and me feeling like overlooks and me feeling just like that God wasn't listening to me. I just literally felt all these emotions. And so I would just write them out in, in blog form. Um, and like I said, they were just so healing to me. So that's kind of how 
Live Deeply Rooted came about as well. It was just in that another dark season that I was walking through of um, being newlyweds, not having no money, and um, being away from our family. We moved away to Kentucky. We had no family there. I didn't know one soul. And so it just, I kind of felt like Abraham, like God moved me there. And I was like, God, what am I doing here? But God blessed me and um, kind of gave me the right people there. I met some family, well, friends that turned into family um, and they kind of took us in. But I felt like in that season too, like, although it was so hard and God was really using me in that season and I felt very isolated, God was really just telling me that it wasn't isolation. It was more solitude of like really giving my full undivided attention to God. So that I could be able to write and really hear from him. And so that's how, that's how, um, that's kind of more so the genesis of um, Live Deep Rooted. Uh, you said something there I want to dive into a little bit, which is the difference between solitude and isolation. Mm-hmm. Um, I think, especially with all the COVID stuff and all, all, kind of just the, the disconnected world that we live in. How do you know if you're in solitude in a healthy way or isolation in an unhealthy way? Yeah, I, I, I really, I feel like when it comes to isolation, I feel like that's one of the enemy's biggest tactic to kind of divide us and keep us far from God. And so I feel like there's a lot of fear and doubt that comes from the isolation of him um, planting seeds in, in us. Now, I, solitude is more so in a season where you feel peace, even if life is crazy, you still feel that sense of peace in the solitude of feeling removed from everything, but still feeling peace and knowing that God is God is um, in the midst of all of it. And so mm-hmm. that's kind of how I separate the two is like knowing that like isolation is out of fear and um, solitude is operated out of peace. And then how, how did you um, how do you discern God's voice in your life? Right. Because so obviously you've mm-hmm. you've now written and you've published and uh, you, you published this new book and kind of your all of this has been in various seasons. Mm-hmm. How do you know when the voice is God or just you trying to figure out what you should be doing? Oh, that's a good question. That is a really good question, because sometimes I still I still struggle with that. I'm like, is it my own? Is this my own doing or not? In, not since doing, but more so like. Are these my own thoughts or are they actually God's voice? And yeah, I think, my will versus God's exactly. will. Exactly. And I think a lot of it comes down to that peace and that confirmation of like, no, I don't, how do I explain it? So like, to, in order, sometimes when I hear God's voice, there's just a peace that comes with it as well as like the confirmation, whether it's through him speaking to me directly or him using someone else to speak to me and giving me a word that is so aligned of what I've been praying about, what I've been thinking about. Um, And so, like, I just know that God uses other people. So that's how I feel like God uses his voice as just whether it's through me or whether it's through um, other people um, pouring into me and giving me um, wisdom. Now, if it's my own thoughts, I don't know. I just, just sometimes I can like, I'm like trying to decipher like, is it me or is it God? God, please help me out. But yeah, with my own thoughts, sometimes it's, I do operate um, out of fear or I'm operating like just I question myself a lot when it comes to those things. So that's how I kind of know the difference. It's like one is out of peace again and the other one is out of like, not sure, like, um, What's the word I'm looking for? Yeah, like uncertainty. Uncertainty. There we go. 
And um, yeah, I hope that, that makes sense. <laughs> well, it makes I, I think it makes perfect sense, right? Because if we're, um, again, it kind of goes back to that idea you said earlier about mm-hmm. the, the fruit of the spirit, right? If you're, you know, peace is one of those feelings that we should have when we're walking with Christ. And, and I think that if we're, if we're always in search of God's peace in our life, then we'll always be ob- obedient to where God's trying to lead us. Yeah. So I, I think that that, I don't know. I think that checks out for me. Right. How do you, how do you, how do you decipher Like, how do you know the difference? Ooh, I ask lots of people. I, yeah. I, uh, I have a made up group of people in my life called the council of the godly. Ooh, that's, I love that. And they don't know that they're on the council with a whole bunch of other people. <laughs> but in my head, it looks like the Hall of Justice from the Justice League. Yes, and yes. They sit around a boardroom and I check in with each of them, spiritual mothers and fathers. Yes, I love who, that. Um, who've discipled me over the years. And I uh, obviously I check it against scripture and prayer and be like, okay, God, if this is you, you know, mm-hmm. but also prayer. Sometimes you just have to lean in. Yeah, prayer, mm-hmm. of course. Yeah. I love that. So that's. I don't know. I, I think it's um, it's more of an art than a science. If, yeah. if you believe Romans eight twenty eight that all things mm-hmm. work together for his good, then then God redeems versus um, perfects us. I guess mm-hmm. I don't know. I like that. No, that that very good perspective. Thank you for sharing. Well, y- your latest devotional is uh, it's a hundred days, mm-hmm. um, and it's broken into ten different sections, mm-hmm. and so I, I'm always curious about construction of things like this. How did you come to a hundred days? Like where'd that come from? (laughs) And then, um, and then how'd you decide to break it up? That's so funny. I literally, I didn't actually come up with a hundred days. The, the publishing company did. I think it's because they, um, actually like this is a, they've done this over the years of a hundred days of, so it kind of came to a hundred days because I'm like, I got, I have enough for about a year, so we could do a year, but a hundred days. Um, and then it was actually their suggestion as well. They've done the 10, 10 day or 10 categories where they've broken it up in different topics. So I didn't really have a, a doing in that, but I just was like, okay, oh, that's I, great. <laughs> I would love to ask about what it's like to work with a publisher around something oh, that's course. so personal as devotionals, right? Because mm-hmm. I would imagine they had a lot of feelings about your feelings. Mm-hmm. <laughs> how was your, how was your mental and kind of spiritual journey as you, as you put that out there for the world to see with, cause you know, when you're blogging, right? Like the, the only responses you get are in the comments and mm-hmm. no one's sending it back to you going, Hey, I don't like the way you wrote that. Or I, you know, obviously I have no idea if that's what your publisher did, but mm-hmm. you know, basically you co-constructed the devotional together. What was that like? It actually, at first, to be honest, it was kind of a little overwhelming because I had a lot going on um, and I and I had deadlines and I was like, OK, I need to meet these deadlines because you're like, oh, it's 100 days. You can, you know, I can knock it out, you know, break it up by the month. But it was like as soon as the deadlines was coming, <laughs> I had writer's block. I'm like, God, what am I going <laughs> to write in this? You know, I want it to be so good, you know, and I want you to be able to just speak through me so that I can be able to put this out. And so, I kid you not, the week after, I ended up having so many, so many, like, things happen, like, so many things happened to me, to my family, everything, that it was just, like, it was one thing after the other that was very traumatic, and so... Like spiritual warfare, or... 
spiritual warfare. I ended up in the hospital. I ended up oh, like no. having um, a blood clot in my lung, which I am oh, really so healthy. Yeah, so I was in the hospital for five days and like having to recover from that. I ended up getting COVID. It was it was really bad. I couldn't barely breathe, and so mm. I ended up in the hospital. Um, and I got out, but it took me like a month to heal. And so my deadlines got pushed back and everything. So I was really like, I felt very disappointed because I was like, I have a team that's looking up to me. Like they need me to, to execute and I couldn't do that, but they were very gracious. Um, but I kid you not, when I got out of the hospital and I healed, I had so much to say. And I said, God, you really, you're funny, but please don't ever have me go through the fire just so I could do something <laughs> like this ever again. But yeah, it was just, I had a lot of friendship hurt, you know, things happening with my family, mental health stuff. So it was just like, mm. it's just like one thing after the other. I, I couldn't catch a break and I just was just, but long story short, I ended up meet, like knocking it out the ballpark, writing. I had so much to say, so much to write that when I, when I turned it in the manuscript, they loved it. They were like, oh, wow. we've never read anything like this before. I'm like, yeah, this is my experience. This is the pain that I went through. Like, this is, this was so dear to me because I, I had to walk through all of this personally. And so they were just like, we don't know how you made it so like relatable. And so it was just like the format. They were just like, it was amazing. They didn't have me change nothing. Oh, wow. Praise God. Yes. They didn't have me change much. Um, they just obviously they had an editor to help, like, you know, with sure, my grammar sure. and things like that. But it was just really cool. They just let me have all creativity range. They gave me the topics and I knocked it out. And um, so it was they were such an easy team to work with. They were very, very, very gracious but, and patient. But they were just phenomenal. They were a phenomenal team. Hey guys, just pausing this conversation to tell you about a brand new resource I'm super excited about. It's kind of a passion project, actually. One of the things I realized when I was working in the local church as a full-time lead pastor is that there aren't a ton of resources for spirit-led leadership. What does it mean to be a, a practical leader and still be spirit-led? That's why I'm so excited to announce the new project that Spirit and Truth has recently launched, and it's our Substack account. It's a blog, kind of email-y thing, and it goes to your inbox every time we put out new content. So check it out, Spirit and Truth, spell it A-N-D, spiritandtruth.substack.com. Our website, spiritandtruth.life. I'd love for you to subscribe, and I would love your feedback on what you think about the blogs. They're practical, they're spirit-led, they're meant for people who are leading in everyday life. So if you lead your family, work, or the church. This is a perfect resource for you. Now, let's finish up this conversation with Sofa. So I, I want to jump into the topics, not all of them, but, but one or two. I'm, I'm going to read them for everybody so that you can hear them. And then I'm going to ask you kind of which, which uh, out of the 10 is your favorite. It's like picking a okay. child. So let me read them <laughs> while you think. Uh, believe, prayer, obedience, intentional living, trust, shine, surrender, Breathe and release, praise gratitude, walk in faith. So out of all 10, Oof. which one is like the one that you're like, this is my favorite or this is the one that convicts me the most or, you know, which one like really pops up when you think about all 10? Probably the trusting because mm. I was, I don't think I've ever, whenever I was going through all of that last year, um, and even just being in the hospital, I don't think I've ever felt so scared in my life because I didn't know what was 
what was the outcome. I had the uncertainty and um, just learning how to trust God through the midst of that. And it was challenging, but also like it allowed me to release a lot of the fear and of let and letting go of like, I can't control this situation. I can't control the things in my family's life and what's happening with them. I can't control those things, but I can trust. I, I can definitely mm-hmm. trust. And so I think that was like the, the, the one topic that stood out to me the most, not even just in this book, but just in life in general, is just learning to trust God and not always feel the need to want to control everything. So if you, if you were talking to somebody, um, maybe a, a young woman that you're discipling or pouring into, and she was struggling with trust, what would you tell her are the first steps to increase the capacity to trust God? The first steps. Oh, man. Sorry. Not hard, but I would say, I mean, these are just practical things, but I I would tell her to start journaling Mm. and writing down all of her feelings and emotions and frustrations or anything really that she's feeling in that moment to release some of the burdens and worries that she's feeling. I've always used journaling as a sense of um, a way to heal me. Uh, And so I would tell her to start with journaling. I would tell her to find um, someone that can really hold her accountable um, and be there for her um, and walk with her through life. Like either someone who can hold her accountable or a mentor or just someone that she can trust and be a safe space for her. So that would be another thing. Another thing would just be prayer, like getting getting in your war room and start praying and just start being intentional with talking to God and and being in communion with him. Um, So I just feel like it's hard to trust someone when there's no relationship. I mean, it's just like Mm -hmm. uh, being human, you know, like having a a relationship on earth with somebody or a marriage or whether a friendship. It's hard to trust that person if you know nothing about them and there's no personal relationship. It's storming here all of a sudden. We haven't had rain in 60 (laughs) days and now it's like thundering outside. Um, Praise God. Yes, thank God. I, I literally, yesterday rained and I was running outside in the rain screaming like a maniac because I love rain, but also we have, the grass outside is completely dead, it's, it, which is, I've never seen that happen in Dallas. So um, definitely thankful for the rain. But yeah, that, those are a few practical things that I would, I would definitely suggest to someone who wants to learn how to trust God more. You mentioned journaling. Um, I Every year I look at journaling because I actually really enjoy writing, um, mm-hmm. but I really struggle with journaling. And I, I, it's, it's something about that daily. I don't know if it's the extra time. I don't know if it's <laughs> because I, I think I have to like come up with something good to write. How, how would you um, how do you journal on a regular basis and, and how do you coach other people to journal? I'm curious. I mean, like everything, like I've always said, there's seasons to it. There's seasons where I like want to pour my whole heart out every single day. And then there's just some seasons where I'm like, I am dry because I just, I don't have the time. I'm busy doing other things. But for someone, my husband has been um, a very advocate. Like he's been really on top of his journaling. Like he journaled every single day. 
but he's, is he writing hey, like pages? That's what I need to no, know. Is he writing no, no, pages? No, 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 no. Is he just writing lines? Well, it just depends. Yeah, some days he writes like a little bit. And then other days he writes a whole page or two. So it just, just depends. But for someone who's just starting out with journaling, I would recommend just writing, starting out with like a, a gratitude journal where you just write out three or four things that, um, that you're grateful for and go from there. Um, that way it just gets you to writing and it gets you to start off your day with a, with a fresh new heart um, posture where you just go and write three things you're thankful for instead of waking up complaining and thinking about all the things you have to do and, and, and you know it just feels overwhelming. You just literally sit down and be like, okay, today I am grateful for the, the breath in my lungs. I am grateful that I have clean clothes to wear to work. I am grateful for, you know, and then, so that's where I will start. I would just literally start with something small. Um, mm. It's kind of like creating a, an atomic habit. I don't know if you ever read that book, but if you have not read it, please read it. It's phenomenal. But um, it's like starting an atomic habit, a very small habit, and it kind of just leads into something that you truly enjoy, and you'll just kind of get used to it. It's kind of like any habit. You know, you start, you're wanting to, to exercise, you start small. You start 30 minutes a day, or you start three times a week, and then it kind of just becomes a part of your everyday lifestyle. And then you don't even think twice about it. You just pull out your journal and you just start journaling. So that's what I would recommend is starting small, five-minute increments, 10-minute increments, and then you go on from there. Yeah, I think I think that feels like the best way to eat that elephant, you know, like if you mm-hmm. can just take it one bite at a time kind of thing. Uh, you, you mentioned your husband. Uh, I'm, I always love to ask couples who, especially couples who – they seem like yeah. they're madly in love with little kids <laughs> running around. Like, um, do, do you guys have any kind of practices that you guys do to keep God in the center of your marriage? Any, any like go-to mm-hmm. tips or, or things like that? You guys, we were talking before recording, you guys have been married six years. Um, mm-hmm. how, how are you keeping God in the center of it all? Pretty, a little, just through everyday living, every through life, everyday life, being intentional with each other, um, just making sure that um, <clears throat> I used to get so upset like when we first got married because I really wanted us to be that couple that did devotionals with each other every morning or like just spent time in our word together. And um, but my husband's like, we don't have to do everything together. And it would really <laughs> it would really hurt my feelings. because I'm like, oh, I just really thought we would, could just do this. And so now we kind of just do our own devotionals. But there's times too, where I'm like, I really feel called to read with you or let's do, let's start a new devotional together where we can like, or a book together that is going to help us, you know, with our spiritual needs and just allowing us to stay, you know, rooted. And so those are some of the, the ways that we keep God in the midst of it is like having an amazing Community, community is everything. Like having like-minded believers who you can walk through this life with uh, is, is just, that is our biggest thing. We're very intentional with our friendships, um, godly friendships at that, because they hold us accountable. You know, they pour into our marriages. They hold us accountable. They, you know, they're there for us when we need them. Um, and so that's one way that we keep God in the midst of our marriage um, we pray together. We try to pray together every night, but sometimes we just, we, I'll be falling asleep before him or he <laughs> is falling asleep before me. It just, yeah, it just depends on how the day went, but we try to pray together um, and just continue to check in on each other, ask each other how we're doing spiritually. Like, how are you doing spiritually or what can I do to help you? Um, 
in any way capacity, you know, so that you can have free time to spend time with the Lord or, you know, you need to get away. You need to like just be by yourself. So we're pretty good at that. I'm trying to think. And one of the things I, oh yeah. Anything with the kids yet? I know your kids are pretty young. Anything with the kids? Um, no, not really yet. I mean, we listen. We, I mean, they're young. They're- yeah, there's a new, there's a TV sh- um, YouTube. Uh, I forgot the name of it. There's a YouTube um, channel that does like Bible stories, and so we have the kids mm. watch that, and they love it. They also have it at church um, Sunday school. They watch the same one, but I can't remember the name of it. If you think um, of it, send it to me, and I'll I'll put it in the show notes. But if not, yeah. it's no big deal. There's, oh, I, the I, I do it. think that YouTube's got so many resources out there for young kids, and they that's the way they to really do. Text, and mm-hmm. that you're not going to keep them off YouTube anyway, so you might as well yeah, try to right, push them towards something productive. I know. <laughs> we we listen to a lot of worship music. Our house is always filled with with worship music, and so um, they my kids know a lot of worship songs, and we just sing it and we pray together as a family. Be, you know, at every meal, but also, you know, when the kids go to bed, they actually love praying. So we let them pray, do their little prayer. And yeah, it's really awesome. cute. <laughs> well, I, I know um, my community loves to pray. And as this mm-hmm. devotional gets out into the wilderness, um, how can they be praying for you and for what God is doing through Live Deeply Rooted? Thank you. That's so sweet. Um, just praying for... Um, this next season of my life, I'm about to, I'm going back to school to get my Congratulations. Thank you. And so I'm just trying to figure out how to balance that. I'm going for um, pastoral counseling and I'm specializing in crisis response and trauma. I just really want to help people break free and um, just release a lot of their trauma and heal and so anyways long story short just pray for for schooling for me um try to navigate through that i was i'm a little nervous but so excited because i've been out of school for a little bit um praying for just protection over my household i feel like there's so much spiritual warfare happening but this is my safe space like my home is my safe space and so i just want to continue to pray for protection over my family um and just my marriage and my ministry, I want it to stay connected to the source. I don't ever want to get ahead of God. And I really just want um, God to be glorified. And so those are just a few of my prayer requests. That's awesome. Well, we will Thank you. we will steward those the best that we can as Thank a community. You. And um, I have one more question for you. But before I ask it, I, I know that uh, my audience will want to connect with you all over the interwebs. Where's the best place to learn all things about you and what God is doing in you and through you? And yeah, I'm sure there's going to be more books coming, right? Because great writers keep writing. Um, of where course, can they stay, of course. Where can they stay in tune? Yes, you can find me pretty much all on all the platforms. Instagram, Facebook, Twitter. Um, my blog at just Sopa Rush, my first and last name. Um, I also do have a Live Deeper Rooted on Instagram, as well as Twitter. So, yeah, and you can find me there. Do you have a favorite platform, just out of curiosity? Yeah, I don't want to speak too soon, but I really love TikTok. I love TikTok. Do you? I do. I'm, I, I, I avoided it for so long, 
Yeah. Oh my goodness, there's a squirrel outside my window, but the way that this squirrel is laying on the fence is so chill. His body is just laid all the way. I'm sorry, I'm, I'm losing, <laughs> but it's the cutest, okay. <laughs> it's the cutest thing. I'm going to take a picture and um, show you, but long story short, um, yes, TikTok is my favorite because it's very like, you can just, just, you can post whatever and people just love it. So, and it's so funny. People are so funny on that platform. I just love it a lot. They are funny on that platform. Uh, yeah, that's good. That's good. Um, okay, last question. It's an advice question. Uh, I'm going to ask okay. you to give yourself one piece of advice, except I get the name the day and time, kind Ooh. of the uh, when you go back to give yourself that piece of advice. Okay. So I'm going to take you back um, to your first day in Louisville and that really tough season. If you were going to pull a chair up in front of that younger version of you, and hold her hand and look her in the eye, what's the one thing you're going to tell her? I would tell her that... Hmm, what would I tell her? Literally, I would tell her the most simple thing, that everything's going to work out. Hmm. That's, little, that's what I would tell her, because that... That season was really tough because I, I just started dating my husband. Um, and um, I think we were dating for like two months and I, I moved away from him and all my family and all my friends from college. And so it was just really hard. It was a very hard season. Um, and so I would just look back and say, everything's going to be okay. You know, you feel alone. You feel afraid. You feel Nervous being away in a new city you've never been, around people you, you don't know nothing about. <laughs> but everything's going to be okay. You're going to make new friends. You're going to build a community. You're going to have people love you and pour into you. And um, you're going to see God's hand in everything. And so, mm. yeah, that's what I would tell her. Amen. 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 So, But thank you so <laughs> much for being here today and for being so generous with your time and your heart and the way that you just share what God is doing and helping people stay fixed on Jesus. That's, that's an important thing. So thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much for your safe space and letting us share our hearts and um, just what God is doing in, in this space and in the world. So thank you. I told you guys, what a great storyteller. She's phenomenal at what she does. I'm so appreciative of her. Make sure you go follow her on Instagram. You won't regret it. She's a beautiful visual storyteller on Instagram. She talks about her family, her faith. She's passionate about all the things. Don't forget to pick up her book and let her know that you heard her here on the Reclamation Podcast. As always, guys, I'm so thankful for you, for the community that God is building here, and how we're all growing closer to Jesus together. Finally, guys, remember, if you want to follow Jesus, you must be willing to move. <laughs>